All right, we're going to take, I missed a part yesterday on 2A Tuesday, so we're going to make this part of it, catch up with it Wednesday. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, talking about this guy in New York. Close that mic, brother. Talking about this guy in New York. Um, he saw a mugging, right? There was a woman there who foolishly let a feral human hold open a uh, turnstile for her so she didn't didn't have to pay. Then when he demanded money from her, he threatened her to steal her purse. And then he started trying to do this. And another passenger, who was not involved with this, but was witnessing this, produced a pistol. Now, first of all, you're in New York. And I'm, I'm just, and, and listen, I have, I have consulted with a couple of guys that teach people to do these kind of things, and they all agree with me on this one. So this is not me bashing the dude. This is me saying the dude uh, should have looked into this a little deeper. And that's, where, that's the problem sometimes. The not knowing. Shanine Allen. How many of you have heard of Shanine Allen? Shanine Allen was a, is a young black woman. She lives in Pennsylvania. She went out and got her concealed carry permit, and then she drove into uh, she drove into New Jersey. And for those of you that don't know, your concealed carry permit is going to be tied to the registration on your tag. So if they've run your tag, it's going to come back that you have a concealed carry permit wherever you're at. So um, they did that to her, and then they said, "Excuse me, do you have a gun?" And she she's you know, she's Shanine Allen. She's going, yes, I live in America. I have my gun and my permit because I got it and everything I'm doing is legal. And Chris Christie had to pardon her to get her to let go because she just didn't look into this deep enough. Just like this guy in New York. He did one thing you never do. You never do it. And he's lucky. He's really lucky. Because he fired warning shots. Both of those shots went nowhere and hurt nobody. That's the, that's the only good thing to come about it. We do not know the technical legality of his carrying a gun there concealed in that place. That has not been reported. But he has been charged criminally. The mugging suspect has also been arrested. And he has numerous felonies. Uh, but he's already been released. Warning shots in a crowded area is not, it's always a bad idea because a bad outcome is very likely and therefore it's not recommended. This time it, it came out that, uh, you know, he didn't shoot anybody. The other thing was that this Mr. Rote, he, 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 he stopped the attack. He thought he was a model citizen and he left. And in the eyes of most prosecutors, flight equals guilt. When you produce a weapon and fire it, you are employing deadly force. Whether anybody's harmed or not. And even if you get out there and you if here in South Carolina, right? If, I, if I'm in South Carolina, if I'm downtown and uh, some tap dancing Michael Jackson wannabe, uh, you know, like the, that guy that uh, uh, Daniel Penny had to grab hold of in New York. If he comes up and he's, he's threatening all this stuff, if I pull a gun on him, 
and he runs away, I need to put the gun away and make a phone call and call the cops right now and let them know that somebody just came up to me and I had to pull my gun to chase him off. I need to report that to them. Me pulling the gun and going, I didn't shoot him. Uh, let's go have coffee. And then I leave. I, that that's a very bad thing to do. And I wanted to mention this simply because um, in places like New York, they expect the citizens there to submit to any physical attack by any violent felon that comes upon them. And if they, if you attempt to defend yourself in these in these locales, you're going to get charged. It's going to be a crime. They don't want you protecting your, yourself from their precious criminals. So you are required to accept violent crime as a condition of living in the really cool place. You're expected to be a good victim. Please, you know, shoot video of it and, you know, be a good witness. But these same guys that do this have a veritable fire team surrounding them wherever they go. And, you know, so they're going around and they're like, uh, hey, Smitty, get out of the way and move that crew served out of the way too. I want to look down the street. Uh, they're sitting there. I don't see any crime. Where's where's all the crime supposed to be? I, I, I run a very safe city. Well, of course not. They've got a bunch of baby Hueys surrounding them. They can barely see out. Violent crime is nothing more than casual conversation and something to talk about when it's time for re-election. And it doesn't matter. And the best advice... Okay, and I'm sorry it is this way. I really am. It shouldn't be this way. But if you live in New York City, Washington, D.C., Minneapolis, Austin, Texas, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Chicago, San Francisco, any of these places, you're expected to be a good victim. You're not expected to defend yourself. It doesn't matter how you defend yourself. You can't, you can't, you, you can't go, go to Krav Maga class. You can't become a Filipino stick fighter. Uh, you can't uh, you can't be a, a football player and tackle them. You can't do none of that stuff. And and here's the thing to consider. This is the and I mean, this is stupid. I mean, we don't have to consider this here. If drug if a drug addict comes up on us and is trying to hurt somebody here in South Carolina, well, you know, according to Hobart and Howie, I mean, that's you know, you're now it's now at your discretion. They, you know, they do not look at armed self-defense as a bad thing. One thing, I mean, you know, anyway. In these places, defending yourself is going to get you in trouble. So, I, you know, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying don't be there. Get out. And I, I thank God we're here where we are. Thank God we are in a place, we're in a jurisdiction, in a region where they have not gone this route, where the citizens mean less than the criminals do. I mean, that's a, that's a, that, that is truly a, uh, a great thing. The system in those places do not consider the personal safety, property, or life there to be particularly important. And in the in the words of the uh, 
Immortal Lemony Snicket. Criminals should be punished, not fed pastry. I like that one. It's no concern to the powers that be in those jurisdictions, the personal well-being of the people live there, the, the citizens that live there. And I, I think inadvertently uh, Gavin Newsom is, has revealed that with uh, his cleanup of San Francisco. He's out there saying, well, you know, when you have company coming to the house, you clean the house. <laughs> okay. So what about when you just want to watch TV and, you know, have some popcorn? Can you keep the house clean then too? Or do you have to live in squalor? Does Or does San Francisco have to live like a bunch of hoarders? I'd really love to see where they put these guys. Really love to see where they put them. Because they're not gone. They're not gone. Are they going to keep them away? That'll be interesting to see. The uh, neighborhoods are not going to like it if they come back. They're not going to like it at all. Gavin may have just, uh, he just may have, uh, if he was playing Jenga, he may have just knocked out all of his uh, support pieces with this one thing that he did. This one little itty-bitty thing he did. Just getting, They didn't have to use any new money. They didn't have to appropriate any new money. They were sitting on it. They could have done it the whole time. But in, the, in these places, the citizens don't mean nothing. What do they want? You know, the, the Bernie the Bernie bros of the world, they want you to have free health care. And that's also a code because when you get free health care, that means we get to decide when you die. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Has anybody seen a picture of that little baby, Indy Gregory? She looked like, she looked like just a normal little baby. And the British government killed her. <laughs> huh. All in the name of national health care. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um... This is a reminder of why we should never have this here. The parents of this little baby, Dean Gregory and Claire Staniforth, fought for their right to determine their daughter's end-of-life care after she was diagnosed with a fatal condition known as mitochondrial disease. And the UK determined that Indy's chances of survival were too low to continue giving her expensive life support and ordered her to be taken off of medical assistance. Now, they tried to give her more time to grow and beat the overwhelming odds or at the very least have longer to try. She was offered Italian citizenship by Italian PM uh, Georgia Maloney and the Vatican offered to pay for her travel and care expenses to a Catholic pediatric hospital, Bambino Gesù Hospital in Rome. And they said no. They said no. They didn't get a chance. They ruled on the side of the hospital system and they stripped Dean and Claire of their parental rights. 
And this is, you know, this is why we don't need socialized medicine. And, of course, while they were ensuring that they were doing everything in their power to kill this baby, they pretended to have compassion for her and her family. And we get this from March for Life. This is Indy Gregory. She's eight months old. She has a mitochondrial disease and is fighting for her life. The UK government wants to end her life and has ruled to take her off life support against the wishes of her parents. Abortion culture leads to this. Indy's life matters. And she's a beautiful little girl. But we get this. With a heavy heart, I have come to the conclusion that the burdens of invasive treatment outweigh the benefits. This coming from Mr. Justice Peel said this as he gave Nottingham Queen's Medical Center permission to strip the life-saving care from someone else's child. So, Dean and Claire had the means to give her more time. And it wouldn't have cost the UK government a dime. She, they, they would have become Italian citizens. The Vatican was going to was going to foot the bill. And the NHS said no. This was not a medical decision. This was a legal decision. Such a godlike level they put themselves off as you know they 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 have to believe that they are better than her parents who've been there every day with her, and the fact that they think they know better than they do is inconceivable. Indy's parents took her to every appointment, they heard every cry, they looked at every pain. But Peel, in his heavy heart, believes he has Indy's best interest at heart. Better just to kill her than to make her suffer. He said, I am quite sure that the trust will, as they say, do everything they can to take care of Indy with compassion, providing her with treatment to alleviate pain and making her as comfortable as possible. I know that this will come as a heavy blow to the parents. I know that they love Indy dearly and want the very best for her. I sincerely hope that they will be able to spend as much time as possible with Indy. Well, how are you doing that when you strip them of parental rights? How's that working? How's that working? And I love the making them as comfortable as possible part, where they get out there, which is basically, we're going to zap her with enough morphine or whatever it is that knocks her out, and she's going to die in her sleep. But then you've got the Italian prime minister out there saying, they say there isn't much hope for little Indy, but I will do everything in my power to defend her life until the end and to defend her mother and father's right to do everything they can for her. On the text line, and this is correct, if, if this ever happens here, Bill, at some point, a government will uh, attempt to take a child to euthanize and the situation will become kinetic. Uh, yeah. I can see that happening. This decision, Peel's decision, was upheld by senior UK judges Lord Justice Peter Jackson, Lady Justice Eleanor King, and Lord Justice Andrew Moylan. 
Dean Gregory accused the British government and the NHS of taking away Indy's dignity to pass away in the family home where she belonged. So, and we get this from Justice Peel. He wrote to uh, the Council of Italy in Manchester. Thank you for your letter of 9 October, uh, November 2023 requesting under Article 9 of the 1996 Hague Convention that you be authorized to exercise jurisdiction in order to take steps to transfer Indy Gregory to Italy. You may have heard that very sadly Indy Gregory, Gregory died on Sunday night, early Monday morning. Her family are in my thoughts. In the circumstances, I assume you will not to wish to proceed with the Article 9 request. I look forward to hearing from you. Yours sincerely, Mr. Justice Peel. This is only made possible by the people that elect these governments. This is only made possible by following, following for things like the COVID scam. They believe that they can rule you by fear. And then at some point, well, we'll just take and do what we wish. So, Mr. G is coming. What should we be looking for when Mr. G comes to town? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Hey, keep okay. Close that one down there, Maestro. There we go, Maestro. Why am I echoing? Okay, there we go. I'm sort of a. I'm too sensitive to that kind of stuff, I guess. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. To the keyboard commando that was out there, uh, you're going to have to get a burner phone now, brother. Not allowed no more. Sorry, bye. So, they took the trash city of San Francisco and they cleaned it up. And they erected barriers to keep the places clean, which I, I don't know what the point of having thoroughfares are, or is, or can be if you blockade them. And despite getting all the poo and the needles off of the street, a, uh, I believe it was a, a German, a, uh, a German news, news uh, crew that got robbed the other day. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should invite Chairman. It, it, all, of the, all of the Democratic-run cities should host Chairman G. They would all get cleaned up. But what are we going to do with the homeless? There, Biden and G are actually going to happen uh, south of San Francisco at uh, Filoli Estate, about 25 minutes south of San Francisco. And I'm just wondering if Biden's going to have a balloonogram and sorry, I called you a dictator card, that kind of thing. And this is uh, Xi Jinping's uh, first visit to the U.S. in six years.
And there's five things to look for in the high-stakes meeting. Item number one, military-to-military communications. The Chinese have been reluctant, according to The Hill, to resume communication channels, according to senior administration officials. So Biden will go into the meeting with plans to press assertively. Really? (laughs) They're the victims here. Uh, Who flew the spy balloons in our airspace? Why are we listening to the CCP narrative here? The only thing that Joe Biden presses assertively is, you know, getting done at 9 a.m. And Biden said said to himself that, that it would be a successful meeting if he and G could get back on normal course of corresponding, being able to pick up the phone and talk to one another when there's another crisis, being able to make sure our military still have contact with one another. It's not like it was in the good old days when Joe was laundering money from China with Hunter. Then, number two, which this should be number one, but number two is the tensions with Taiwan. And the the resident is going to set out a vision for peace and stability and the maintenance of peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. This coming from National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. If this vision is like, Joe Biden's vision for this country. When Joe Biden is busy being a visionary, everybody should be, should be watching out for that. What would we do without the foreign policy genius that is Joe Biden when he can manage to stay awake? They're going to talk about China's role in global conflicts. Also from Jake Sullivan, uh, President Biden will make the point to President Xi that Iran acting in an escalatory, destabilizing way that undermines stability across the broader Middle East is not in the interest of the of the CHICOMs or any other responsible country. And the PRC, of course, has a relationship with Iran and it's capable, if it chooses to, of making these points directly to the Iranian government. Is Jake going to be in on these meetings so all these points get pressed? I mean, that might not be a bad idea. At what point will Biden be trying to make? Is he going to bring up corn pop again? Point four is competing while avoiding conflict. And we get this from Alex Gangatano and Brett Samuels of The Hill. Patrick Cronin, Asia-Pacific Security Chair at Hudson Institute, described the focus on managing competition as a very realistic, resilient framework that the White House has built. And he noted that Xi sees this meeting coming at a time to strengthen his economy, which has been reportedly struggling in recent months. Is Cron- Did Cronin get drug tested? And Xi wants to strengthen his economy. You know, they they tanked their own economy a few years back, you know. But they, you know, from from the uh, app formerly known as Twitter, U.S. President Joe Biden and President uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping are set to meet Wednesday in San Francisco to talk trade, Taiwan, and fraught relations. Also from Twitter, I'm sure mumbling incontinent Biden will solve all of our Chinese problems. And then there's the the fentanyl elephant in the room. And this is also coming from the Hill. The way Biden handles fentanyl issues in relation to China is set to follow him throughout the 2024 campaign. 
Republicans consistently hammer Biden on the situation at the U.S. southern border, maintaining that Biden administration policies encourage drugs to come over the border. Well, they do. Because the border's open. Why wouldn't they come across the border? I'm surprised we that's all we've got coming across the border. Biden is not going to handle fentanyl. Biden cannot handle staying awake past 2 p.m. They've not handled this crisis at all, not even a little bit. They prove to Americans, whether they want to see it or not, how ineffective they are in keeping our economy strong, our morale positive, our foreign policies consistent, and keeping deadly drugs out of the hands of Americans. Fentanyl, so many people, there's a new, people that get on fentanyl, they get into this thing, and because they, they do something called nodding off. Where they basically they they pass out standing up, so then they they bend over, and after that happens long enough, they develop a spinal issue to where they can't stand up straight. So they're constantly walking with their upper body at ninety degrees to the ground. It is bizarre, and yet that's a thing that's happening now in America, in America today, where we got all the iPads and all the iPhones and you know all these other things. We got all this stuff, and we can't handle this. So the leader of the free world is going to sit down at a, luscious, a very luscious state with a communist dictator. And the media is going to love that. And yet, Newsom is going to be there too. Newsom will be there. Newsom will be there. Because he's making deals too. Because he's not running for president. I want you to remember one thing. Everybody, all these people clamoring for a ceasefire. There was a ceasefire going on in Israel between Israel and Hamas on October 6th, 5th, 4th. That was in place already. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ceasefire. That's what they're calling right now. Uh, Jamal Bowman. The uh, hey, does that is that burglar alarm? Not a burglar alarm. The fire alarm. Is that how I opened the door? That guy. He's out there saying real Jews want to cease fire. <laughs> the real Jews, like he knows. Uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. The reason everybody in Israel on that day. Although somebody out there in the in the intelligence apparatus knew what was going on, and I, I they they can't convince me that they didn't know what was coming. They might not have known what day and what time, but they knew it was coming. But anyway, because they're the intelligence apparatus, on their way home they're not out there going, "Hey, how'd your day to go today, there, uh, Tom?" Yeah, we were monitoring these guys in these uh, parasails. They got AKs. They're going to be coming over. So maybe we shouldn't be doing any any dance trance parties on the, near the uh, near Gaza. You know that kind of talk doesn't happen. So um, at Gaza, they saw this uh, this dance trance party with some Israeli Jews and some Christians and some Muslims. And all kinds of other people from all over the world. And they were just attending a music festival. And this became, uh, this became a big target. They 
they they chopped up and killed, literally, un, uh, 1,100 unarmed attendees and residents of nearby Israeli small villages. They took a bunch of them hostage. During a ceasefire, well, apparently the Jews on the Israeli side decided we will abide by the ceasefire because we signed it. But in the 99% Muslim Gaza, the ruling Hamas set up military bases in hospitals and under hospitals and in schools and under schools and under residential apartment buildings and in office buildings and underneath the grocery stores and everything else that was there. Especially with the reporters from the New York Times, WAPO, Reuters, AP, all out there spewing the propaganda told to them by Hamas. Now, the Israelis were taken aback by this sudden change of events, but really quick, they got past that and they started fighting back. And then they started to neutralize Hamas. Hamas intended to go all the way to the West Bank. That didn't happen. And as a result, there are now Muslim refugees in 99% Muslim Gaza. So now we have the shrieks once again for a ceasefire. For these Gazans, these Gazan citizens who never complained when their husbands and sons and brothers joined Hamas in their posts in the hospitals and schools and other neutral institutions, they want them to be able to safely escape to safe Gazan enclaves, regroup, retool, get ready to go again. By the way, Egypt doesn't want them and Jordan doesn't want them, but, you know, time for a ceasefire, Israel. And the ceasefire, by the way, would only work and would only be applied to Israel. And apparently the Gazans, you know, what would we expect, right? We're being told by all these, all these, these hive minds, what should we expect from the occupation, the colonization? So Netanyahu is going is opposing the the calls for ceasefire but this is set up like a game of dominoes you can see it wherever you want to look in certain places here in the United States now you have muslim enclaves if they were to take israel europe goes next and then we come next And it's not a question of who are the good guys and the bad guys. Identifying the good guys are the, is easy. They're the ones that didn't start nothing. Identifying the bad guys is really easy because they're the ones that want to go back to the dark ages and they, they come in here, they just watched uh, Game, Game of Thrones and they want to do some of that stuff. The attacks are not only on the Jews. They start with them, but they never end with them. If that were the case, then the anti-Semitic Hitler would never have gone after France and Russia. This kind of, this kind of want and need for control is all-consuming. The reason they're attacking Israel is they are the closest ones to us. <laughs> and, uh, well, 
We are we are in the stick and on the agenda. Talk to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.